Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape on your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Remember, somebody is making that turn today. In the name of Jesus. But please listen. That's where instructions are good. It's pretty easy to assume. So please listen. Don't assume that I've read it before, I've heard it before. Listen, like Pastor Lumpty said. Look, in John chapter 4, something happened. The Bible says that Jesus was going somewhere. And uh, there was need for him to pass through Samaria. Praise the Lord. Chapter, one, chapter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples. Again, that's a lesson in leadership. It was said that Jesus was baptizing more than John, but Jesus himself wasn't doing it, but it was Jesus. So how was he doing it? But through his disciples. It's a lesson in leadership. That's delegation which of course will be what he will do invariably because he will ascend to heaven and commit the whole thing and delegate the whole thing to man. And what he did is still perfectly working. The system he created, he built, perfectly working. Until people like us were born and then we will go one day and look, his ministry will be until he comes. But he started by delegating. Good. No, Jesus said did not baptize but his disciples. So he left Judea, departed again to Galilee. But he needed Makatura Bashandaba. See, because of you, a need is created in heaven. I'm talking covenant here. And that's why it's important for us to understand. Because of me, see, a need is created. So he needed to go through Samaria. He didn't have to. But he needed to go because of something. Why? So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's way was there. Jesus was, therefore, being wearied. So he took him a lot. It was a sacrifice to go that route. But there was a need. You know what David said when um, the brother, what's his name now? He was right face to face with destiny. The brother that had no understanding walked up there and said, I know you always, you, you think too big of yourself, always trying to get into what does not concern you. What, what, you came out there just to see what is happening here and began to rebuke him, the Bible said. And he said, is there no cause? Don't you think there is a need? There's a divine need here. So because he said he needed to go, David needed to be at the battlefront there. Though he wasn't, he wasn't old enough to be in the army. But he needed to be there. I don't know what the challenges are, but there's a need before heaven. Glory be to God in the highest. And the only reason he came, Samaria, said the Samaritans, but there will be one person that he will use, that God will use, a woman. Praise the Lord. I know you know the rest of the story. Verse 7. The woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said, give me a drink. 
uh, disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Again, this need creates the right atmosphere. I wonder why 12 of them will all go to look for food and left him alone. It could have been sulking at that time. So look at these people, they are so ignorant, they are so foolish, they don't even have, they are not corporate. Look at them, all of them looking for food at the same time. I'm left alone. No, no, no. He needed to be alone. Otherwise, they would have stopped the woman. You know, the protocol would have been very strong. And you talk of protocol, it was stronger than anything. Then, much more than now. Ah, for his disciples had gone away to the city by food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it? That? It was just, it was a dialogue. It was one on one. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews? I'm not, you know. Uh, verse 10 Jesus answered and said to him, If you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God, and, uh, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you the living water. No, the whole thing just centered on worship, as it were. So look at verse 13. Jesus said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Hallelujah. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw again. There's a way we, you know, we sensualize a lot of things that are spiritual, but after a while when we get to begin to have understanding, uh, things change. Jesus said to her, okay, there's no need to continue that. I mean, continue the dialogue in that way, that direction. Can you go call your husband? And both of you come back here. The woman, said, uh, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have you know, told her some stories about herself. Then the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Oh, Jesus didn't say I'm a prophet. She said, I perceive that you are a prophet. Aha. Her fathers then she introduced worship and took Jesus to where Jesus was going. Then Jesus answered in 21, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation of the Jews. But the eyes come in and now is when the true worshiper, praise the Lord, true worshiper, praise the Lord, true worshippers, will worship the Father in spirit, hallelujah, and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him. How? Can I ask a question? What is your understanding of worshiping in spirit and truth? How can you leverage that with the physical? How can you, who is physical, do something in the spirit? Quick, 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 quick. I, I need to. Because if I can get answer, an answer to that, it will help my worship. I'm in the physical. But it says, except I worship in the spirit and in the truth, I cannot worship. How can I, so physical, worship spiritually? Thank you, sir. God consciousness. Can I have one more or two more or three more? How? 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 Sorry. By? Yes, by the Holy Spirit, you're right. But I need one word. By what? Reward? By the word. Thank you, because the word is spirit and is life. But I'm looking for one word. Somebody shout out something now. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, worship is faith. 
Worship is a faith matter. The only way the physical can draw from the spirit is by faith. The only way the physical can make impact in the spirit and the only way the, 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 uh, we in the physical can bring the spirit to bear in a situation is by faith. So worship is not emotion. Though a lot of times we get, I mean, we get emotional about it, but if it's not faith, it's not worship. So what could Jesus be meaning, or what could he, I mean, what did he mean when he said, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He's saying they must worship by faith. So that means that I don't need to feel like a worshiper and yet worship. Am I talking to someone? You say, why do you sound like this? Because I think so for myself a lot of times. I'm looking for ways. Because when I see impediments all around me, and I say, how can I get to him? And he tells me, why? Because when I'm dealing with his spirit, it cannot be it cannot be barricaded. It cannot be limited. And until I understand and I operate as such, then the world and the physical and ideas and things and temptations and fears and failures and will stop you. Because it's by faith. If it's by faith, then my focus. Don't let me pray myself. So worship is far more the expression of my faith than a release of my feelings. It's my feelings that will make me take the battle out of the hand of God all the time. It's okay, we cannot deny the fact that we are physical beings and we have emotions. Come on, we can't deny our emotions. But where emotions begin to disturb God is a problem. And really, if it's faith, how do I go about it? Maybe I should still pick the lesson from John chapter 4. This woman would never have thought of worship except as she met Jesus. And though she met Jesus, she didn't immediately think of worship because she didn't have a relationship with Jesus. She gradually walked into that place of where she was all stricken. What? Jesus started by saying, if only you knew the gift of God. She didn't know the gift of God. And because she didn't know, but as the dialogue went on, she began to, are you a prophet? I perceive you're a prophet. Okay. And by the end, or towards the end of the dialogue, she dropped whatever she was doing. Her priority changed. I'm sure she had a list of to-dos for that day. Oh my goodness. It came to a halt. Bam! And before the one that God gets everything done before you even listen to them. She dropped her bucket. She ran. She said, come meet a man. In other words, 
Motin Roba, Emi o Mariru Jesu. Motin Roba, Emi o Jesu. This is a surprise. This is an awesome character. Never met a man like this in my life. You guys come see. Could this be the Messiah? And by the time the whole city, the Bible said, all the men in the city. A, a, a lot to say about this. When you have an encounter with him, you will worship. And when you worship, you will attract many to worship. Worship is not what, just, what, you, do, what you just do and it stays with you. It flows from you to him. And in flowing from you to him, hey, the whole world will see. Not because you are out in prison. So simply put, what I'm trying to say today is that Jesus is the beginning and the end of our worship. You know the reason why every hero in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, everyone was included? Because they never took their focus of Jesus. He said, no, he wasn't born. Come on, I read it to you here before. That the reason Moses left, can I remind you? Shall I read it again in Hebrews 11? Watch this. Verse 23, thank you very much. Yes, by faith Moses, when he was born, come on church, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Sin can be pleasurable, I promise you. But the pleasure normally ends up in bondage in you. It cuts you off life. It cuts off from the greater pleasures. So sin has pleasure. It does have pleasure. Okay, where is that? Yeah, so 26. Okay, 25 again. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ. So Moses in Pharaoh's palace in Egypt at the time, come on, church, thousands of years before Jesus was born, was esteeming, as it were, the reproach of Christ. I purposely went there to say that every worship starts with him and ends with him. Okay, so you see, all of them actually were able to get in there, every one of them, into the least. Why? Because they had their focus. And that informed the advice we got in Hebrews chapter 12, verse um, verse. Okay, one and two, quickly, one and two. Hebrews 12, one and two. Thank you. 
Therefore, we also, and now the we is we. Hello? The we is the we who are living at the time we are reading it. So therefore, also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every way that they've seen that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, too. Uh-huh. Everybody read with me. And you know the interesting thing is that you discover that in the book of, in the pieces of Paul to the Corinthians, it says that the more you look at him, the more you become like him. Oh yeah, it's there. Say so we with open, with open faces, beholding as, it, as, 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 as like in a mirror, this Jesus, daily becoming like him. So you can understand why uh, today's catch is this, whether it's sin or sickness, whether it's fear or failure, something we turn around today. In the name of Jesus. If together by the grace of God we can get our focus on him, something we give away. Individually we will all be making certain turns. In the name of Jesus. So what we're saying is that he's this author and the finisher, hallelujah, of our faith. And faith is what we need to worship. And worship is that, that when it occupies your heart, nothing else can take over. Because when worship occupies, then the one you worship is the one occupying because it's there anyway. You're only giving the due attention to him. The deserved attention uh, is what you are giving to him. So he's the beginning and the end. Uh, he inspires worship uh, and he receives it. So if he does not inspire it in you, you can't give it. But how do you get him to inspire it? By accepting his finished work for you. And that's why this covenant thing, every time I think of it, the more I think of it, the more condescending I realize it is on his part. Truly speaking, I don't qualify. I don't at all. But yet, he condescended <laughs> to get into a covenant with me. And you know what that means? It made me at par with him. And because of that, he will not come and sit down with me in the squalors of this earth. So in condescending to enter me, he's cutting me back so that we are together there. And that's what he said in John, remember, in chapter, I think 12, he said, so where I am, there you may be also. That was a covenant issue. And that's what he set out to do, and that was what exactly he achieved. So in other words, if I can keep my focus on Jesus, keep it there, fine. Can you imagine at the time he was talking to the Samaritan woman, there's no record that the, the disciples worshipped him. But one day they did. Where? Who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? From that day, worship began. In spirit and in truth. Not worship as this one that will give us bread, or we are in the company of the one who is a superstar, but worship in spirit and in truth began that day. Worship is a spiritual thing. Worship is by faith. Worship starts with a revelation.
And if you don't worship and not get results. So from all I've said, from the woman at the, at the well, to the disciples, or the, the saints in book of Hebrews chapter 11, to the disciples themselves, what will he say? in the physical, will provoke my worship of him. Yeah, the word, yes. But what? Yes, focus, thank you. But you can only focus on what you, what you believe, yes, what you, what you know, yes. But I want just one word, all right, but one word. You can't focus, you know, look, take focus literally now. You can't focus on what you don't. Thank you. So in other words, his presence will always provoke worship. And you can see that all through the Bible. And when I saw him, Revelation chapter 1, I fell down like a dead person. Before I saw him, he was there. He was there, but because there was no revelation for him to see, it was normal for him. He was still, he was struck by all he was seeing. But the moment he saw him, whoo, boom, he went down. Every creature will fall when they see him. Every creature. From the mosquito to man. Even the trees will bend. That's if they don't get uprooted and lie flat. The mountain will keep like animals. If they don't melt, they'll fall, they'll collapse on the ground. So what is the one thing that I need? His presence. And there are many ways. You are here today because you are a lover of his presence. You are here today because you have a relationship with him. So you are qualified to worship. He has provoked it in you and is here to receive it. And you cannot get into his presence and go back empty-handed. Ah. Even if you don't deliberately take anything, he will, ah, he will deposit himself on you. He will activate himself that is in you. That all you need to do is just say hello to some people outside. They wonder who you are. I say something is about to give way. Shall we rise and worship? Shall we rise and worship? Begin to worship God. You know, worship is not a song. Worship is not music. You know that. Worship begins from your heart. Worship begins from, as a matter of fact, it begins from your thoughts. It begins from my thoughts. Worship is my thoughts, my words, my actions. Worship. 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 Worship, 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 worship. Yes. Just worship. We're about to close. Give him praise. Give him praise. 
We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, please contact us at the Fountain of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries, Off Town Planning Way, Ilukoju, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you. God bless you.